coming to you from the Spirit Lounge. I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa. And this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome back to the Spirit Lounge, everyone, for what is this? Part two. Part two. Of our anniversary special. Hello, hello. Want to welcome back into the studio again, Emily. Hello. Thanks for being here again, Emily. So last episode, we kind of broke it up into into two parts. Mm -hmm. So with that, we don't really have a drink. Right. To go with this episode. Because that was in the previous one. Right. We drank enough for all the episodes. (laughs) I think we We did. did. (laughs) But we left off last episode with talking about Looney, John Looney, who was the infamous gangster of Rock Island, Illinois, essentially the vice lord, quite honestly, Mm -hmm. of the Quad Cities. Right. And so he was arrested in 1912 we mentioned that there was a lot that went down between him and the mayor of rock island harry shriver Mm -hmm. and i mean at the time it was really about the mayor refusing to do anything about a trial that was concerning one of looney's henchmen and so of course because of this looney wasn't really too uh into the mayor not helping him out at all and so he went after him accusing him of all kinds of misconduct using his newspaper so after all this eventually looney was arrested and there was a lot of riots in the street the uh, national guard had to be called in and they actually declared martial law here in the Quad Cities because of it. So Looney eventually left the area, but came back in 1921, obviously well into Prohibition. So this kind of gives way for what we're going to talk about in this episode. Really, it's going to be a lot about Looney, his dealings during the Prohibition era. Mm-hmm. So the rise of organized crime in the U.S., as we know, was greatly associated with the prohibition of alcohol, which happened in 1919. So one of the interesting things that I came across, and I think this was in a previous episode, Vanessa, that we actually talked about, Mm -hmm. about how there are so many tunnels Under Davenport. Yeah. Under the city of Davenport, Iowa. Right. I would imagine the same is for Rock Island as well. Mm -hmm. But what really caught me was I found an actual name of a current restaurant. I'm sure you know, Emily, I'm sure you know as well. Me and Billy. Me and Billy in downtown Davenport. Mm There is actually a trap door in the restaurant that was cemented over decades ago. Inside that building. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so there's actually a uh, construction company called Big Dog Construction. They're out of Davenport. Mm -hmm. And they actually specialize in remodeling old buildings. And they keep finding different tunnels and underground speakeasies all over Davenport. 
That is so cool, though. I know. And I think the the incredible thing, though, is that all of this is kind of backed up with photos and newspaper clippings. Mm -hmm. So over at the Davenport Library, there's these different clippings that show how speakeasies actually, they say, honeycombed the streets of Davenport. Mm. And the local papers, of course, the different articles support that with the headlines. You know, there's a couple of headlines that said 2,000 gallons of alcohol were seized or uh, a record crime increases. And it's a busy year for prohibition officers because of whatever it is. So another cool thing, though, is that the library still has old police blotters from the 20s and 30s. And even through Prohibition, you can see there was a lot of arrests due to intoxication. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah. right. And so I would assume the same is for Rock Island. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, during, during Prohibition, Looney, of course, like I mentioned, he came back to the Quad Cities, specifically Rock Island. He ran his bootlegging, his brothels, his illegal saloons, protection rackets, and pretty much anything else that he wanted. It was said that Looney had as many as 300 prostitutes employed Mm -hmm. under Mm. his madam, who Mm -hmm. we mentioned in the previous episode, Helen Mandale. Yes. So Helen Mandale actually worked with Looney. That she did. And she was known as, you mentioned it before, the Mm -hmm. queen of the Quad Cities. Yeah. So she... I think this this is interesting. She reportedly was having an affair with Rock Island's chief of police, Mm -hmm. Tom Cox. Mm -hmm. So essentially with her relationship with him. Right. It was said that she was pretty much running the department. She was untouchable. Mm -hmm. So in her early years, she was actually born in Paris, Illinois. And eventually her family uprooted to Galesburg, Illinois. She actually left there and she came here into the Quad Cities, but she was working as a prostitute Mm -hmm. in those times. So she was younger and that's how she fell into that world. Also, at that time, the houses, it said it was only with the permission that disorderly houses or quote unquote resorts, as they called them, which involved gambling, prostitution and later illegal alcohol could be opened up. Right. Protection fees were paid by the owners to Looney, along with his input on how many women could work at the resorts and who supplied the alcohol to the establishments. Many of these businesses operated under legal business titles, such as soft drink parlors, boarding houses or hotels. Mm -hmm. And she provided services all over this area, all the way to Chicago. Right, right. And I think that's crazy that she was essentially like the head mm-hmm. of all of these what they called disorderly houses, which yes. were essentially the brothels. Right. And I did see that the newspapers mention that once a house was actually shut down in Rock Island, the girls would just go on over to uh, Davenport until another arrest there would be made. And then here they come back to Rock, to Rock Island. So right. it's really just like a big back and forth right. until something happened. And actually, sometimes even the cops themselves would drive the girls back 
over there. So they would call it the shore. So they would drive them to the shore. I was reading some police reports as well. Mm -hmm. So they would talk about how the arrests were made and then they would, you know, put pile in the girls into their cars and drive them to the shore of Rock Island. And so they probably left them there and then they would probably walk over or some, what, however the form right. of travel was mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. at the time to cross over the river into Davenport. And as we said in our earlier episodes, Davenport was quite the city at mm-hmm. the time known for its red light district. And right. it was pretty wild out there. Right. I know we had mentioned that Helen, you know, in a roundabout way, essentially ran the Rock Island Police Department through her her relationship with the chief. Right. So essentially, because she also worked with Looney, Looney essentially ran the police. And so the funny thing is, if you remember, Mayor Shriver, he pretty much was the one to arrest Looney. Mm-hmm. Eventually, though, he came around. Because he saw all the money that could be made through all of this organized crime. So he became a co-conspirator. And essentially then Looney now, at this point, was controlling the police and the local government. Right. And actually, before Tom Cox was in the picture, she got her name through Henry Van Dale. So she married him. Because she actually had an affair with him. Mm-hmm. So they got married and things. And he got a divorce in early August of 1915. Right. And by late August, he actually did marry Helen. So it was funny. He divorced his first, his wife. And then eventually, quickly, the same month, married Helen. Right. And I think that whole thing is just interesting because, you know, with Helen coming out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and creating this sort of relationship with John Looney Mm -hmm. in opening all of these different disorderly houses. Right. You know, she easily became really fast friends with Looney because of it. Right. And together they created a giant empire here in Rock Island and also in Davenport. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Eventually, Helen's mother and sister followed. They eventually moved over here. Right. And her mom and sister eventually ran the Davenport house. So they were the go-to people over there on the Iowa side. Meanwhile, she was the go-to person over here on the Illinois side. And I mean, I know that there's there's quite a bit of information out there about Helen. It's interesting to me, though, because I know that you and I have actually gone to uh, the Dan Viner Furniture mm-hmm, right. in Rock Island. Correct. And that's one of the places that was used by both Looney and Helen Van Dale to pretty much run their operation out of. Mm -hmm. And so being there, we were able to conduct an investigation. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a couple of episodes that we did uh, last year Mm -hmm. about that. But the interesting thing to me was just hearing about all the stuff that went down in that building. Right. You had John having, you know, like a certain floor for all of his gambling. Then you had Helen with all of her prostitutes. Right. And there was different actual accounts, actually, like paranormal related mm-hmm. accounts due to these different sorts of activities mm-hmm. in this building. Right. So that kind of makes me wonder. And I know we were having separate conversations here, the three of us, 
about the other buildings Mm -hmm. that are tied to Looney. Right. So I know we had mentioned John's home essentially Mm -hmm. is still in Rock Island, Mm -hmm. still standing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what, what else, you know, could be, could be going on there. I know that house is, is right now currently occupied. It's, Mm -hmm. it has homeowners. Right. Uh, I have never been, I would like to go. Mm -hmm. I know there's, we we would only be able to get pictures of like the outside, but there was an episode of the Dead Files that was filmed here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was a couple of years ago, that. right? Yeah. Oh, yes, we we've talked about that many times, and you know I think people have uh, controversial ideas about that show. Some people say it was a bit too you know overproduced, and mm-hmm. you know a lot of it you know like. People have different feelings and thoughts on. But what's interesting is, nonetheless, whether you liked the show or you didn't like the show or you thought that it was realistic, right. like, there's an element of production to every show. Yeah. So you never really know unless you understand like what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You never know as a viewer like what's real and what's not. Right. But they did do a lot of... Um, research with the Rock Island um, Historical Society back when they did that show. They talked to them. And, of course, you know, if you're not familiar, which, I mean, maybe a lot of people aren't, that show's kind of mm-hmm. old by now. I mean, it's right. older. It was maybe 10, 12 years ago now since that episode. And one of the things that struck me was that um, their main paranormal investigator, who is considered to be a psychic um, and still works as a psychic, went to investigate the property separately from a retired investigator, like a police investigator. And she went to many houses, newer houses that were mm-hmm. built in the 1950s, 1960s in the area that were experiencing some paranormal issues that were all somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. And while there were different instances, different things causing those problems, um, one thing that definitely struck home was that she was seeing this particular guy, experiencing this particular spirit that was a male who was said to have, in in her opinion, red spots on his face, um, that she didn't think was like acne, but due mm-hmm. to some kind of some kind of a medical issue, right. something that she couldn't put her finger on, if I remember right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so she's talking about this guy. She says very sinister. He really just wants to cause problems. He wants to stir up trouble. He gets a kick out of it. He finds it entertaining. But she got the sense that he was like a powerful person. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. So as they're doing research on the backside of this and the police officer is going in and talking to different experts about it, you know, they said, well, it's undeniable that in this exact neighborhood, this particular part of the neighborhood used to be a part of John Looney's property back when it was one big sort of area out in the countryside there weren't really any other homes around in that area he really was secluded and he wanted it to be that way it's not hard to understand why if you were him you would want to be so secluded there wasn't anybody around basically to hear his scream and that that's kind of in other words yeah and essentially they felt that a lot of these homes that were having issues shall Mm -hmm. we say Happened to be on what used to be his property. Mm. And in this exact area, um, it was said that many people went missing. 
not many of these people were ever discovered. Some of, of them were Jeez. still considered to be missing, even today, missing right. persons accounts right. that yeah. were, you know, just never, never really looked into or people kind mm-hmm. of gave up. And in those days, you know, they didn't have forensics like we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... There's a lot of discussion that many people went missing specifically after having been at his property, at his home. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> so there are thoughts that perhaps there could be bodies buried um, all around his property or what once used to be his property. And there's no telling for sure, but... Interestingly, mm-hmm. his walls are like three or four feet thick. <laughs> Whoa. The concrete walls That's in nuts. this home that he turned into yeah. his personal compound Gosh. were said to be three or four feet thick, particularly mm-hmm. in the foundation. And the basement was kind of set up as an interrogation area. Wow. So it's not a place, whether you believe all of that or mm-hmm. some of it's anecdotal, it, you wouldn't want to find yourself there. I'm I can't kidding. Imagine. Yeah. Even today, Seriously. I don't think it'd be a fun <laughs> place to spend a lot of time in, especially if you're a sensitive. I don't know that you'd be mm-hmm. super comfortable there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. all of those totally. things make a lot of sense just from the perspective of what you're saying. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And also, I wanted to point out that local historian and Citadel of Sin co-author Rich Hamer believes Cox, Tom Mm -hmm. Cox, the Mm -hmm. detective, uh, to be one of the most interesting and underrated players in the Looney Tale. Oh, that's weird. I am thinking, though, because, you know, the fact that Helen was protected not only by Looney, but also by... Tom Cox. Right. And whenever things would go wrong for her, he was kind of her muscle, but also he was also the law, if you really thought about it. So he had ways of getting around things, you know, if you really think about it. Right. And there was a story that talked about how she had a quarrel between one of the girls. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you saw this, Lily, but Tom was trying to defend Helen and in that quarrel, he took a beer bottle and started hitting the girl. Oh, gosh. With it. And a lot of the stories said whatever the case was, she was either hurt or he killed her. But nothing was really ever found, huge air quotes. And so I wonder. Like if they never found the girl. They never found the girl. They never found proof that he did this. But the funny thing was that the next door neighbor, the nosy neighbor. Um, <laughs> so there's his, always, one there's always a nosy neighbor. William Bill Gable. He actually ran a quote unquote soft drink parlor next door as well. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. he just happened to come into Helen's place when this was going down. And so he so he saw he saw it is said that he saw what was happening. And from that point, it kind of scared him enough to realize, you know, what he was doing and what they're doing is wrong. So he kind of wanted to get straight so to speak interesting and it was said that because he wanted to get straight he actually wanted to go to the police and tell them a lot of stuff that he knew about looney kind of like an informant yeah so they turned him into that wow and he started telling them stuff but apparently he also too used to be a cop 
Oh. Right. So he act- We all know what happens <laughs> to informants. We so know. it'd be interesting to know what happened to him. So he was a rat in those terms. Yeah. So he didn't like the fact that Helen was so protected. Oh, okay. But Gable actually did have to pay his fees to Looney. So just like Helen did and mm-hmm. everybody who ran those soft drink parlors or resorts. Right. But he felt like she had big cuts because she knew them. Mm-hmm. So he mm-hmm. was kind of jealous of that. So anyway, what set him off was seeing, you know, Cox beat up this girl, right. possibly kill her, possibly not. Who knows? But he then ran to the cops, said that, you know, I can tell you things is what it was. So word got out. Jeez. Word got out that Gable was starting to become a snitch. And we know what happens to snitches. Snitches get stitches. (laughs) (laughs) The squeaky wheel gets greased. (laughs) So what happened was, apparently July 31st, 1922, there were six men waiting for Gable outside of his parlor. And he was always supposed to have a bodyguard at all times. Mm -hmm. Well, somehow somebody told his bodyguard to stay at the police station that night. Oh, gosh. Apparently at around 12.05 a.m., he got out of his car in front of his place and was gunned down by these six men. And so obviously he was found dead. And so apparently the story goes that John Cox was told about Gable's death and that people had shot him. But apparently there was a huge party going on at Helen Van Dale's that night. Hmm. Some say that it was to celebrate that Gable was killed. Oh, wow. So that was going on uh, that night. So later on, it all comes out in the wash, as they say in there when they were going to testify and Mm -hmm. she actually later on down the road Mm -hmm. when they eventually get arrested right she actually did say that tom cox was at her party and that he knew of gable being killed and he did nothing of it he didn't do anything wow so that was her way of taking gable or taking cox down so it was her that did it it wasn't well i mean well they don't know her her saying so Oh, yeah. Her saying so. So she was, let's see, they all got arrested. Mm -hmm. And then she was able to pinpoint everybody that was at her party. Oh, gosh. Of course. So there was a lot. Of course she was. (laughs) The reason why, though, is because when she was arrested, she felt bad that nobody came, none of her friends came to help her. So because of that, she wanted to pretty much say, okay, Forget it. Nobody came to, you know, my rescue. Then I'm going to testify. I'm going to say who was all at my party, who was all here, there. And that was kind of her way of getting back at all the big, big name people there in the area. So once she got arrested, everybody was like, see ya. Who, Who knows? Who knows who you are? Pretty much. It is said that a lot of the big people that were there, like one of the big guys, he actually killed himself. Because once Helen pretty much started naming names. Like he knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to happen. And he pretty much decided to kill himself because he thought, well, this is it. We're done here. 
yeah, once everything she started had the going power down, to bring a lot of big people down. Pretty much. I think she's a huge part in this whole story. And I think that it would be so cool to see her story in a movie. Like nobody really knows about Helen Van Dale and just the entire the entire story of her life, her you know, uprising in the Quad Cities. All of that is just a huge movie in the making, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Road to Perdition, which right. is from Looney's perspective, mm-hmm. which, of course, that's not his name in the movie. They've barely changed yeah, it. Right. But to see a movie or, um, or even a series about mm-hmm. her life i yes. think could be a really interesting right. thing right she was quite the woman of her she time. was yeah she was quite the madam so here it says when Hen- helen finally testified she admitted there was a large party at her establishment next to william gables the night of his murder attending the event were police chief tom cox her sister which they called dimples Rock Island police detective Charles Ganane, who committed suicide right as the scandal broke in November 1922. Davenport policeman Pat Beats, who was working with federal prohibition agents unbeknownst to those at the party. And U.S. prohibition agent R.C. Goss, also working undercover. She stated that when Tom Cox learned that William Gable had been murdered next door, he didn't respond and continued to partake in the party at Helen's establishment. Jeez. Yeah. So business was thriving in Davenport because of her Rock Island Resort closing. So once she was arrested, her Rock Island Resort closed. And so she was able to get girls to work in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and Peoria, Illinois as well. Wow. Yeah. So she she went far. She had a far reach. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so also she was able to pretty much reach the Chicago region as well because word was out that she was the go-to person to get to the brothels. When the gangsters would come out, I mean, they they knew where to go to party. And evidently, Looney partook in plenty of um, soda fountain establishments. (laughs) To get soda, you mean? Yeah, 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 right. Soda, sure, soda, because... As if, well, if you think back, okay, so I told that little story, right, Mm -hmm. about how the psychic from that show talked about how he had red spots. The spirit that she met had red spots on his face. And, well, syphilis is one of the things that Looney suffered from, and it causes red spots. Well, there you go. Well, you know what? Funny that you say that, because on October 13th, 1924... Police Chief Tom Cox died of guess what? Oh, gosh. Yeah. So the papers, though, printed illness of the brain. Wow. Because they didn't want to actually say the word. Yes. Oh, my Uh gosh. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, unfortunately, in September 1924, Helen filed for bankruptcy in Scott County, stating she was living in Davenport. In her claim, she stated she had 1,300 $86.18 in debt with no income. She died in December 11th, 1951 in Peru, Illinois. And she is buried in Fairmount Cemetery in Davenport, Iowa. Did you see that? Well, is it unmarked? Yeah, it's unmarked. Her and her moms are both unmarked, but they are both buried in between a few of her husbands because she got married many times. So a couple of the husbands that were buried in Fairmount. um, So she's buried in between Edward Reed, 
and Irving wonders because by the end, by towards the end of her life, she right. wound up changing her name to Eula E. Wonders. Mm, I did see that. Yeah. Gosh, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was actually, she was born Eula Elizabeth Lee oh. and later changed her name to Helen Van Dale. I, th- I can't get over the fact that she is somebody who had, you know, such of an authority here back in the 1900s, mm-hmm. early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know very much about her. Exactly. No, and for good reason. There's so many people, I mean, particularly yeah. men who yes. are going to make sure that a woman like that doesn't mm-hmm. have the reach or the power necessarily that they are capable right. of. Mm-hmm. And so obviously she did. Obviously she used people yes. very well right. to her right. advantage. And that probably scared some people in power. Some men. Particularly men around yeah. her. Yes. Who probably thought, wow, she could mm-hmm. kind of take me down if she wanted to because mm-hmm. look at all that she's able to do. Mm-hmm. She worked everybody around mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show she didn't really need anybody's help to do it. Right. No, she didn't. Not really. And it's funny because I saw somewhere, I don't remember where I saw it now, but I saw someone had written that Helen was actually one of the few people that Looney actually feared. And with Looney in New Mexico, it was Levin Oliver who had seen Looney's wanted poster in his local post office in Belen, New Mexico. So when everything was going down and everybody mm-hmm. got arrested, mm-hmm. he he went down to New Mexico. Because that's actually where one of his daughters used to live. Because I, I saw that it was like a big thing where somehow his son got entangled in yes. it. Yes. Yep. He was shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Connor Looney. Yes. Yep. And actually that happened. That was at a then Sherman Hotel, which is on the northeast corner of 17th Street and 3rd Avenue. Mm. This Sherman Hotel was a favorite gangster hangout. So the story goes that on October 6, 1922, former workers of Looney Sr. were were fed up with the way the local vice was going Mm. and they wanted a bigger piece of the action. So they waited outside of the Sherman Hotel to ambush John. When Looney got out of his car, he saw the car of one of his former lieutenants, Anthony Bilberg. Looney shouted to everyone with him to run and duck behind his car. His son Connor had been groomed as a gunman and was known to be an excellent shot. In the ensuing gunfire, Connor was blasted by a shotgun and died later that night. He was only 21. Wow. I don't know about you all, but I really like that his daughter got the hell out of Dodge and went somewhere <laughs> far, far away. Because I feel right? like that would be me. I I'd know. be like, I'm done with you all. I'm done. Yes, I'm, I'm out of here. here. <laughs> See you later. I'm going to New Mexico. I'm going to fall off the face of the earth. God. I don't want to be involved in any of this. And you know what? I want to say his other daughter became a nun. Oh, no way. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's what I saw. She was like, I want some peace. I'm out of here. Peace out. I'm legit peacing out. Literally. Yes. Yeah. So Looney was down in New Mexico and Lumen Oliver saw his poster, just happened to walk by a hotel 
where Looney was sitting. It was just by coincidence. Yeah. And then he remembered the wanted poster. Mm -hmm. So he hurried up, went back to the post office and pretty much told them there. And so they alerted the local authorities and that's how they found Looney and captured him really. That's crazy. So anyway, they wound up bringing Looney back over here to Rock Island. It says Looney is remembered as such a notorious figure that Rock Island still has a tour of his old haunts. The Road to Perdition, a 2002 movie, which Emily has mentioned, mm-hmm. was largely based on Looney's life of crime. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And funny, Lily, you mentioned about the YMCA. Yeah. So I actually saw that the the YMCA has live camera feeds. That you can go oh, on they? and check oh, out. I didn't yeah, know that. No, yeah. I'm so last night I was actually looking. So you can actually go look right now and see what's going on in each location Man. where they have the cameras set up. That's pretty cool. I mean, even Looney, he's somebody that I mean, outside of our area here, I don't know very many people that know about John Looney. Right. Not a lot of people mm-hmm. do. I mean, don't you think? No, that? he doesn't I mean, get a lot of airtime. No, he he's one of the more forgotten people. I and think I so. think, you know, I mean, everybody focuses on like Bugsy. They focus right. on Al Capone, of course. Right. But you never hear that much about him, despite the fact that there's a movie about him. Yeah. Right. But know. It's, right. they've also changed his name in the movie, too. Which so is weird that they do people that. People might think that he is a fictional character. Right. right. But in fact, I mean, the movie is pretty well based off of his actual life. But, you know, I mean, how realistic is it to what really happened? I mean, that's Mm -hmm. up to the viewers. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, nonetheless, even if they change a lot of names and a lot of specific sort of details, I think that the story in and of itself Mm -hmm. is supposed to be following his life pretty pretty closely. I think an interesting fact to note. So, at one point... Looney had as many as 150 gambling dens and brothels all under his control right here in the Quad Cities. Wow. Okay. This was actually larger than Johnny Torrio's operation in Chicago. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm, interesting. That's wild. I mean, so it's like, it's that's what blows my mind. It's like with, with this, knowing this, this is an actual fact. Mm-hmm. How is it not that... Mm-hmm more people know about John Looney. Right. And then in turn about Helen Mandale because she was somebody that worked with him very closely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you think about it, their reach was so much further than that because, for example, if you go east of here from the Quad Cities, between Mm -hmm. the Quad Cities and Chicago, there's an old route that runs all the way through. Route 30 Mm -hmm. takes you... Basically, from Chicago through a lot of small towns into a town called Rock Falls, there's a couple of Mm. routes that kind of go through the Sterling Rock Falls area and all these other little little towns along the way. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you turn into, I think, what's old Illinois 5, but I don't know exactly. I think it's 5. But it turns um, into or... 
is known as Moline Road. It might be two. It's either like Highway 2 or Highway 5. I'm getting them mixed up. But it's referred to as Moline Road. Moline Road cuts through a lot of these farm towns Mm -hmm. leading all the way into Moline. Coming in through Silvis, East Moline. If you're at all familiar with that area. Mm -hmm. It's very rural. And all along this road, there's a lot of little outposts and quote unquote inns of various, you know, ill Cute, I'm sure. And so it's not hard to see that this area was one big web Mm -hmm. of kind of people. And Mm -hmm. um, it'd be interesting to kind of trace through the history of all of these little counties and towns because there's so much history there that is unsung, undiscussed. And a lot of these really great stories that are just kind of, you know, fading into Uh time. But in Sterling, Illinois, there is an old hotel that was torn down back in the 80s. That was called Lincoln Hotel. Hmm. Now, if you are at all local, Mm -hmm. you might be familiar with what is currently the library in Sterling. Still a library, I believe. The building is still there. Near the library was where this hotel was located. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, right downtown. And it was a very big hotel for such a small city. I think maybe there's... Mm, around 20, 30,000 people there, it's max. It's a grocery store now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, there's a grocery okay, store. I know exactly what you're talking the about. The grocery store literally sits where the hotel used to sit. No way. Yeah. Okay, okay. There was a sealed room that was supposed to be an Al Capone hideout. Wow. Now, not to get all Maury Povich or anything, <laughs> you know, the infamous sealed Al Capone, you know, right. whatever, cell or something in the oh, basement of some place. I don't you know about Geraldo. Oh, oh, that was Geraldo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's right. So, this building was known to have an underground kind of area, like a speakeasy and kind of um, a den, if you will. I had not heard of that. Yes. So, this is very much a big part of not only... Obviously, Sterling mm-hmm. history. I mean, Sterling is a really small town. Right. But when you connect the fact that this is very, very close to the Quad City right. area, you can easily, even back in those days, traverse the like area within a day. 45 minutes away. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's not hard to see how very, very connected mm-hmm. all these places are. And I told you before, I had a grandpa who loved to tell <laughs> amazing stories. Right. Loves okay? that guy. So, I remember him telling me a very distinct story. When uh-huh. he was a child, he and his brother used to take their bicycles across the Rock River uh-huh. into a little town called Linden, Illinois. Linden, Illinois might be a town of 400 people. <laughs> it's still very small, and I'm sure it wasn't very big back then either. It's just a little outpost on the way to the Quad Cities mm-hmm. along Moline Road. Mm-hmm. And he said that back in those days, there was a garage that was known to be a place where they armored vehicles for people from the mob. Mm. Oh, my God. Okay. So, again, anecdotal, but very interesting. And he said that they would pull up and go get popsicles at this little kind of gas station nearby. Okay. This 
garage and there would be guys out there in suits and cigars this is not wow. something you would expect to see in linden illinois okay <laughs> this is not something that would have been typical big black cars you know <laughs> and so there's this local lore that this was sort of an outpost linden illinois Jeez. so again if you're from linden don't come at me i don't know if this is true these are just really great stories I don't know anymore. But I do find that it's very interesting to just think about the link between all the smaller Mm -hmm. towns, Mm -hmm. all of these little farming communities, because this was not an island. You know, Chicago was not an island. All these places are very much interconnected and they all have stories of their own that are equally interesting and fascinating to tap into. I mean, that's that's like right on. I mean, Mm -hmm. because. Even there's been things that I've seen that I've read that, I mean, Capone has come down here to the Quad Cities. He's mm-hmm. come to talk mm-hmm. to Looney in Rock Island. Mm-hmm. This was before he ever took over uh, his gang back in Chicago, mm-hmm. back when he was just a soldier doing his dealings over there. But he was ordered to come talk to Looney for whatever it was. I mean, we've been up to, uh, what is it, the Dubuque area. Mm-hmm. Capone's been up there. Dubuque's not far from us. Right. And Lily, you, we did stories on some of the places where he was kind of gallivanting around yes. earlier yep, yep, in yep. a few episodes. Like a, so. few, a few random towns, just like you're saying, Emily. Mm-hmm. Like everything's kind of just interconnected here, you know, but it's whenever people talk about the mob, you know, usually they just focus on like the big places, right. the big cities. But it was a huge ring. Right. Really. I mean, they all just kind of circled around the area and it kind of encompassed this huge area. Right. It's not just one location. It so was a giant stories mm-hmm. with so many people that have fallen out of history. Right. Mm-hmm. Stories of people that you'll never know. Letters, correspondence that you'll never see. We'll never necessarily know about. Right. Maybe somewhere tucked mm-hmm. in, you know, somebody's Bible, you know, right. um, in Geneseo, <laughs> Illinois. There's, yeah. you know, a receipt for business. <laughs> right. You know, no, I, I don't know. know. To but a soda you, parlor, Yeah, perhaps. soda parlor. <laughs> I don't know. I have a feeling they didn't have receipts. I don't but. know. I think they, they ordered. Did. I think they ordered a root beer float or something. <laughs> That's really all yeah. it was. But it's mm-hmm. like, who knows? Somebody's it, got a book of poetry out there with Helen's <laughs> name in it. That would be amazing, <laughs> honestly. Like I still say, she she has to have her own movie. She does. I think so too. Yeah. I think somebody's missing an opportunity. Oh here. my god! I know yes. to have it, a great like. Everyone loves a great villain, but also like a villain that can also be a heroine. You know, a villain, a villain that is so crafty and incredible that they're likable. I love that. That'd be great. And if you actually look up her picture, I mean, I don't know if you've ever looked her picture up, Lily. I have not. She looks. Like, her picture looks... She's a cute gal, but she looks like she could have some... Cut a bitch. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, she has some spunk to her. Like she ha- There's this one picture that I looked up where oh, she's kind of looking she over her shoulder. Yeah, that one. Ooh. You know? I love the hat. Right. And the dark lips. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. got the Gibson girl look kind of right, going totally. on. But, like, dark Gibson girl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, smoky... Like Betty, uh, what is it? Betty, Betty Davis, Betty Davis, <laughs> Betty Davis. <laughs> I almost said Betty Grable. <laughs> Wrong time period. 
she has yeah, Betty Davis she eyes. She does have Betty Davis eyes. Man, like, honestly, no wonder. But she also kind of looks like she could sell you Coke. Not that kind of Coca-Cola. No, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola ad. <laughs> 20s Coca-Cola <laughs> ad, okay? Yeah. Not that kind of Coke. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, probably, but You know, who knows? I'm sure it was. <laughs> but it's so funny because she looks like she's got a secret she does like honestly like okay so her dad left like they got a divorce her parents mm-hmm. so he you know did his deal whatever yeah i think he wound up in jail or something okay so pretty much it was her mom left with so she had like a trouble well not right. really troubled but like a broken a right, broken broken home. home it was her mom and her and her sister dimples so i love that name though dimples that's so cute so anyway eventually though during towards the end when i feel like it was like again a rise and fall type of deal with her story but towards the end eventually dimples committed suicide oh oh no dimples dimples no (laughs) instead of sweetie no um so dimples actually drank poison Oh my gosh, what a way to go. Right. So she was, was it because of all of this? Well, I want to say like it happened during the time of all that. Like they got arrested, they mm-hmm. got found out, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they were living the high life. They were and living the high life. And to come crashing down yeah, that's from a life like that. This would be would a be great story, a great wow. movie. Well, anyway, yeah, to make a, so yeah. um, she was married to some guy that wasn't really a good guy. Um, I want to say it had like, he was pretty bad with her and things and but she had two kids so she killed herself had these two little kids and the guy pretty much left so it was pretty much So they're basically orphans well the mom their mom wound up taking them okay and they wound up moving i forgot where it was but eventually helen followed them because she really pretty much had nothing here left once she uh said she was bankrupt and everything wow so she wound up living with her mom and her nephews and so her sister was gone so eventually they wound up in peru in peru illinois yep wow that's crazy. that's why i'm saying missed opportunity with this story of hers mm-hmm but like with so many stories of this nature, you know, they seem like they're really living it up. Like they the high life, you know, like they're living the the typical high life. But as we know, those stories usually are not like that. They always end up really having such a hard life and having to scrape, you know, scrape by to get every single thing that they have. And so when it's all taken away, I can only imagine like right. how like earth shattering that must be because you're you're living this super hard life you're you know hustling every day Mm -hmm. literally to get Mm -hmm. what you have and it might seem like you know there's the the good the good days and the the high points are probably really really high but also the low points were probably really really low right and i wonder though while i was researching i wonder if she was trying to look or search for something maybe that's why she had so many husbands as well Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's a crazy one. I mean, I I will never get over feeling like yeah, this is the Quad Cities. It's so unassuming. <laughs> but but little have, did you know, yeah, you have all of these different stories and I go back to that quote from probably I think it's our very first episode about what was it Vanessa? I think you read that quote about Davenport being 
a little the, hell or a something hell. like that. Yeah, that's what it was. There was just so much crime, mm-hmm. so much just crazy Corruption. criminal activity. Right. Tourists wanted nothing to do with Davenport. They mm-hmm. thought it was mm-hmm. worse than Chicago. Yeah. It's so funny because I came across this uh, page on the internet called Notorious Nahant. And Emily, I don't know. Have you heard of Nahant oh, Marsh? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's out in the outskirts of what is that? Davenport. So way out in West Davenport, like near um, West Lake, mm-hmm. there's an area called Nahant Marsh, which is just a very beautiful area for nature and birds. Oh, okay. It's kind of a reserve, really. Mm-hmm. Nahant also has some dark history, but it is like a wonderful place. It's very peaceful, but yeah. Yeah, Nahant, I know the name. I know the, of its connection so, with Davenport. So I found this. It was called Notorious Nahant News Items on Nahant. So I'm wondering if it was like police reports okay. from that area mm-hmm. out in Davenport. So some of the titles were Distracted Husband Still Looking for His Wife. Bandits Hold Up Hollywood Inn at Nahant. So this Hollywood Inn was this bar soda place quote unquote investigating report girl held at inn so helen Mm -hmm. one of her places was actually in the nahant area oh another one says booze army raids roadhouse bars get enormous hall and one of those was helen's place and this would have been quite rural right i mean this is still a little bit of a rural area Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. when they say roadhouse they mean like country roadhouse this is (laughs) you went out there to make sure that nobody knew your whereabouts and your business because Mm -hmm. it's pretty Mm -hmm. it's pretty rural even now so i'm sure it was then too one of them says helen van dale makes statement believed to implicate former pals so that has to do with with what she said mm-hmm. uh in her testimony and things Jeez. woman and man shot in hollywood brawl so all of these i mean it just talks about things like of that nature but it got me think to think about how if her area was down there one of her places you can only imagine what it was like you know right mm-hmm. uh joyrider gets 50 dollars fine used wrong car so <laughs> oh i mean so just a lot of these were that's great but another one though <laughs> seek, too many sodas pretty much <laughs> too many sodas. seek man for beating a two-year-old babe i mean you can only imagine Jeez. some of the stuff that yeah. happened out there Gosh. but back to your statement of what you had said you wouldn't think this was the kind of area that you went if you were up to no good oh, essentially totally. yeah there was some industry here of course <laughs> but for the most part if you were coming out this way there wasn't a lot else to right. do oh totally yes. you totally. were probably up to no good oh, definitely or you were hoping that you could be up to no good. Yes. <laughs> you, yes. You either were or you wanted to get a piece of the action. Right. Basically. And it was funny because they did talk about how Helen was caught trying to race a car. Oh, my gosh. They caught her racing. I want to say she was racing dimples. I don't. I forgot oh, whose cars okay. they were. Okay, but the the fact. I mean, I just think the stories are so cool. They're right? great stories. Right. So just those ideas, and you would again never think about that wow. stuff. You know what I mean? Somebody needs to make a movie ASAP. <laughs> 
there's good there's good material here clearly <laughs> clearly if you need help we'll help yeah <laughs> just saying netflix we're here we're here i know and we'll, another one says we'll vagrant help you found, out. right vagrant found in freight car gets jail t- term you know so just some of the terms that they use you vagrant, know what i mean yeah. vagrant creative directors right here there you go yeah we'll help you out we'll gosh you out. i mean that just proved that just proves my point there was so much colorful activity mm-hmm. going on here back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, that so many people aren't aware of. And it's not surprising that a lot of that lingers today and why there is a lot of activity yes. that's reported. There's a lot of known activity in those areas. Yeah. And mm-hmm. people kind of might think, well... You know, it's not a very exciting place. Well, you know, it couldn't have that much. Oh, well, if you dig deep enough. Sweetie, right. sweetie it is. Sweetie, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. even even like just in Rock Island, in the street. I think it was the three of us that we went to yeah. to go see the hanging spot <gasps> oh my of John Long. Yes. yes. So we had that story. Yes. We got a Colonel Davenport yes. story. Yes. Great story. So Definitely worth a listen. So yes. we went to a talk. What was it? Uh, it was just just a general talk on mm-hmm. kind of just history of... I think it was. What was it? Like the Rock, Rock Island, Island area? Yeah, That's back in we, the fall. Right. Yeah. And then we heard about all the tunnels and things like that. Yes. And who lived where. Right. And we did a little investigation of our own. We right drove after. around a little bit. Yes. Because he happened to mention exactly the alley where that used to take place. Yeah. And it's like, wait, we got the address? Let's go. <laughs> yes. And it is. It is literally today an industrial area. Right. In right. fact, there were semis all over so parked. So what time and, was this? What? Oh, like 1030 at night? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was like 9, 10. It was, well, late. it was fall. It looked it looked, oh, it yeah. looked late. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't late. that yeah. late. It was but like it, 9. Yeah. Yeah. A work night, no less. It's right. like, oh my God, we're out late. And it's literally like, there's <laughs> pic- our bedtime. Yeah, like there's picnic tables where people probably eat lunch during the day out during there. During their break or something. Yeah. And yeah. It, it looked like it probably is sort of peaceful during the day, but at night it very, very much was sinister so feeling. the vagrants come out the va- at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Using yeah. those terms. Yeah. In those days, it was a wide open field. And I think that they used to occasionally have things like fairs mm-hmm. and also hangings out there. So it's like, <laughs> Again, bring your kids, areas. bring your kids, Fairs bring your hangings. wife, bring a picnic basket. There's going to be a hanging today. What? We're going to go know, watch that, something? That kind of a vibe, I'm sure. It's going to be a good old fashioned hanging. I guess. You know, and if you were breaking the law, that's probably probably where they would haul your butt you know this is this is a time when horse thieves and the Mm -hmm. like were running amok in the area Right, right and so yeah if you were causing any kind of a stir back in those days Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. they'd probably put you in whatever tiny little clinky jail that they had because this again this was late 1800s that was Mm -hmm. the wild west Mm -hmm. this area was kind of the unknown Mm -hmm. and so that was pretty much what Mm -hmm. they did um you know right and it's like that's exactly where they did those kinds of things and it's interesting today that people are sitting out there in this little walkway eating their lunch not realizing that feet away used to be where they executed people exactly you know 150 years ago or whatever Mm -hmm. i mean it's a little creepy yeah it is it's very creepy a bit creepy (laughs) 
But I mean, again, so much happened here. Mm -hmm. So much happened Mm -hmm. here that it just it never, never ceases to blow my mind. One cool thing, though, Mm -hmm. I want to play for you guys. Yes. A clip from the history guy. So it's this video that I found on YouTube. And I think this is a perfect kind of summary to close out our whole talk Mm -hmm. about John Looney. Mm -hmm. So let me play that for you guys here. Looney's violent rise and fall was emblematic of the era of the gangster in America. While the nation and Hollywood has somewhat romanticized the era, it was in fact violent, expletive, and often quite gruesome. Organized crime would become even more violent over the period of Prohibition and the Depression, and many mob biases would rise who would become much more famous than John Looney. But in many ways, Looney was the first, the prototype for a Prohibition-era mob boss. His organization was larger than Papa Johnny Torrio's organization in Chicago, with whom he had some criminal connections. And his rise and fall came even before Scarface Al Capone took over Torrio's organization and became a mob boss himself. If for no other reason than he was the first, the model for an era, the infamous Quad Cities Vice Lord deserves to be remembered. So I think that sums up John really well. Mm-hmm. That was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved I loved talking about, of course, Vanessa, you know, anything gangster related. Of course. Anything mob related. Yeah. Especially when it ties back to Chicago mm-hmm. or even to us here in the Quad Cities. Right. Right. So I really just want to thank Emily for joining us Thanks, today. Emily. Thank you. For joining us actually the last two episodes. Yes. Yep. So I also want to thank you all out there for supporting the show. And Vanessa, here's to another year. Yay. Thanks, Woo. everyone. Congratulations, you Woo. guys. Woo. Thank Woo. you. Thanks, everyone. So with that, until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I'm Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.